I guess we should do this. Yeah. Yeah. 2022. Oh. All Hi, right. buddy. Let's open this up on the sound of Morris's sweet purse. Welcome <laughs> back to Lands. Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and take two. We haven't recorded in a while, folks. <laughs> Welcome back to True Crime Trine, the podcast where three humans and assorted cats chat true crime, astrology, and any other weird bullshit they could fit into this podcast. Sometimes the planets align. Oh my god! Okay, you guys, it's been it's been like what? <laughs> it's been three a minute weeks yeah. since we've recorded together. <laughs> we'll talk about the planets later. Sure. We're going to talk about murder first. Because this is true crime, then trine. Woo. Yes. Episode 39. Wow, that rhymes. Oh, yeah. True crime, then trine for number 39. Any housekeeping? Crickets. Yes, housekeeping. We are welcoming three, yes, three. Yay! New countries. Wow. So we are welcoming Chile. Wow. France. <gasps> Bonjour. Bonsoir. And Tunisia. I don't know what language they speak there. I uh, know. English? It's a North African country, I think. Not a I clue. What is the language? Tunisian? Oh, no. Oh, it's Arabic. I definitely can't say hello in Arabic. Okay. We are also welcoming New Mexico to our list of states. Okay, because I was going to say, based on that Discord from Marty, we need all 50 states. We're getting there. Who's left? How do we market to them? (laughs) We need to get a map, actually, that we can, like, scratch scratch off. off. I have one, actually. It's Yay! just in my work backpack in the other room right Aww. now. So um, next episode, we can uh, go through and give some shout outs to people in those states. And then also for a little bit of fun in our truecrimetrying at gmail.com. <gasps> we did not get a listener comment. Oh. Sad, sad. I was so but psyched. <laughs> we did get an advertisement for audio editing services for only $250 a month. (laughs) (laughs) Hi. Okay. Anyways, I'm a little bit cheaper than $250 a month. Yeah, we're not there yet. (laughs) We just need to get ads, but then our listeners will hate us too, so. I know, right? Listeners, we'll get ads. You just fast forward through the ads. Just hit that 15 Mm -hmm. second forward. I mean, that's what I do for all of my favorite podcasts. Basically, (laughs) yeah. Can they tell? They can't tell, right? That you're not listening to the actual ad? No, and I think what they actually can tell is how, how much the code gets used. Oh. I would assume oh. if I was working at a place that was doing advertisements. I didn't even think of that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But who fucking knows? More successful podcasts, let us know how advertising works. <laughs> <laughs> Someday we'll get there. But that is all that I had for housekeeping. I did some social media, and the website's up to date, and I'm going to try to social media, schedule posts every week, go on Twitter once in a while. 
I do the one Facebook post per episode, and that's about all I got in me, so. I was actually scrolling through our Twitter today, and I was like, I don't remember writing that one. And I was like, oh, since Sarah was doing it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. There are three. (laughs) Yeah, that fizzled out real quick. (laughs) Oh, Morris. Okay, I was about to take Morris off my lap because he's drooling so much. Does he have, like, a tooth problem? No, he's always been really drooly. Oh, that's why he licks so much. Uh, makes sense. It's when he's not licking, he just... Ugh. And I don't like him to lick, so... <laughs> Anywho. Yeah. All right. Well, tonight... Yay! I've got the scoop on a very serious crime. But before we dig in... Is it ice cream? Damn it! <laughs> I love ice cream. <laughs> Let's talk Sorry, about Mary. ice cream. While the exact origins of this tasty treat are unknown, it is speculated that ice cream-like foods originated in Persia around 550 BC. Others believe that ice cream originated in China around 200 BC when a milk and rice mixture was frozen by packing it into snow. We may never know for sure, but regardless, I am thankful to whoever created ice cream. Some genius and ancestor out there thank you i might have some after recording oh man yeah now that you mention it i thought it was probably like a stoner that created it like wouldn't it be fun <laughs> if we made a frozen tree we eat we the cook our food the all the time why don't we ever freeze it <laughs> and they're hungry right so of course i would like to know what is your favorite ice cream Ooh. I'm on a really big coffee kick right now. Andrew turned me on to it. It's really fucking good. And I also like mint a lot, preferably without the chocolate chip. But I'll oh, really? I'll, I'll eat the chocolate if it's there. Okay. Sarah? I really like if there's like chocolate and cherries or raspberries or something. Okay. Chocolate and fruit, which I know Hannah fucking hates. She's just like <laughs> giving like the most disgusted look right now. Um, also appreciate a good pistachio. Oh, pistachio is okay. very good. Yeah, and then there's always, well, I can't really have it anymore because I'm gluten-free now, but the the cookie dough ice cream I used to really enjoy. All right. (sighs) I am partial to the salted caramel core ice cream from Ben & Jerry's because I love salted caramel. And then I also really love, we have a local creamery that's called Snoqualmie Ice Cream, and they have a lemon. Mm. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. It's good stuff. But my favorite, hands down favorite, that is no longer made and just makes me so sad is Haagen-Dazs used to do a Bananas Foster ice cream. So it was a banana ice cream with the caramel and then like graham cracker. And it was probably the best ice cream on the planet, but they don't make it anymore. Mm. I had the same kind of want wah because the creamery here no longer makes my favorite flavor. But I had forgotten about lemon ice cream. There's a place where my grandma lived. Super good. I love lemon ice cream. Mm-hmm. Was that the red velvet one that they discontinued? Or? Yeah. Oh. Because it was the red velvet Oreo they used to make it. It was red velvet cookies and cream and they don't make the red velvet Oreos anymore. Oh. Aww. That's sad. So, you might be asking, what does ice cream have <laughs> yeah. to do with murder? Yeah, now what that I want ice here? cream, tell me more. <laughs> so, let's talk correlation and causation. 
Okay, we should be able to do that. So correlation is a statistical indicator of the relationship between variables. So for this instance, let's say that our two variables are ice cream and murder. (laughs) Causation means that changes in one variable brings about changes in the other variable. So let's say that when ice cream sales rise, so do homicide rates. That's not the way (laughs) I want to go. Sounds kind of crazy, right? Yeah, ice cream However, should make you like happy. Black Friday crimes, though. There's an amazing sale on ice cream. Get out of my way. Oh, it does ice cream prices rise. Oh, prices rise. Sorry, I thought it was sales. Like, there's sales increasing. No, the, the sales. Oh, okay, Can I was right. Prices? No, I think I fucked it all up. So okay. more people are buying ice cream and more murders are happening? Exactly. And in 2009, the New York Times cited a study done by the CDC, which indicated that homicide rates increased during the summer months, right? I was gonna say, it's gotta do, have something to do with the weather. The heat drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, car mating sounds. Oh, oh. they're back. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the New York Times also analyzed crime statistics in New York, which supported this theory that homicide rates do increase during the summer months. And so ice cream sales also rise (laughs) during the summer months. So statistically, there is a strong correlation between the rise in ice cream sales and the rise of homicide rates. Correlation does not equal causation. No, it's more the heat causing both. Sure. But one could surmise that ice cream causes murder. And this is actually a very popular topic of discussion. And I really, really enjoyed reading about this while eating my own ice cream and researching. I've never heard of this, like, ice cream and murder correlation. It's a thing. Like, (laughs) Google it. It's actually very entertaining to read about. Like you guys said, weather is probably the biggest variable in both of them and not necessarily tying them together, but it's still kind of a fun discussion. So listeners, you can weigh in on your thoughts of whether or not ice cream causes murder. If your housemate keeps stealing your food and the ice cream was the final straw, right? It could Step cause away from murder. the kitchen knife. <laughs> I would say that in my house, if someone were to eat my ice cream, it may lead to murder. Because <laughs> uh, I'm always reaching for the ice cream when I'm already kind of at my uh, end of my rope. <laughs> right? Now let's tie these shenanigans together. I was like, I don't know what's happening here, but let's do it. Ice cream and murder. So we are headed to Cheney, Washington, which is in Spokane County. Cheney would be considered a small town with a population of 12,165. It is home to Eastern Washington University, which has the lowest in-state tuition of any public university in Washington. Just FYI. No one wants to live in... I've always said Cheney, but no one wants to live there. Is it Cheney? Cheney? Well, you wrote the Washingtonian. I was only there for 10 years, so I always said Cheney. We have Cheney Stadium, which hosts the Rainiers. It's a minor league baseball team, so that's what I'm going with. Yeah, that might be right then. So, on June 25th, so summertime... 2018, David Pettis, 58, called 911 to report that his wife of 33 years was blue and wasn't breathing. Pettis attempted CPR on Peggy while first responders were en route. What time was this? Like, what time of day? It was around 10.30 p.m. How fast does one turn blue? 
I don't know. You can Google it and let us know. So the paramedics arrived at the residence on South Beckley Lane to find Peggy Pettis, 64, unresponsive with no visible signs of trauma. CPR was administered for about 40 minutes before Peggy was pronounced deceased. That's a long time to be giving CPR. Right? Push-ups. Yeah. (laughs) Spokane County Sheriff's Department was notified. So David and Peggy Pettis married on February 11th of 1985, and they had three children, David, James, and Elizabeth. And the couple had about eight grandchildren altogether. According to her obituary, Peggy was born on February 17th of 1954. She graduated from Lewis and Clark High School in Spokane, Washington, and she went on to attend Spokane Falls Community College. Peggy was a bus driver for the Cheney School District for 20 years. She was an avid gardener and had a generous and loving heart. I was not able to get an exact birth date for Pettis, but from what I could gather, he was born in Maud, Oklahoma in February of 1961, but I just couldn't narrow in on no a, date. On a so, date. Aquarius or Pisces? The cats are having a time behind us. <laughs> <laughs> See, Wobble's just like... Bloop, bloop, bloop. <laughs> And Pettis was the owner and operator of Pettis Transport and Towing in Cheney. There was not a ton of information available about either of their early years or their marriage together, but it does seem like they were kind of just an average middle class family. Fair break. Okay, because I'm looking up Aquarius compatibility. <laughs> okay. Not Pisces. Detectives interviewed Pettis, and he had stated that he had fallen asleep on the couch around 8.30 p.m. When he woke up around 10.30 p.m., he found Peggy face down on the floor in their bedroom, and she was not breathing. Pettis also told the police that Peggy had taken some prescription medication and had been drinking alcohol earlier in the evening. Throw Peggy under the bus, why don't you? Pettis had given the investigators a box of prescription medication, including hydrocodone and trazodone. Pettis indicated that he had gotten the trazodone from a third party, but that hydrocodone was his prescription from a recent shoulder injury. So hydrocodone is a prescription opioid painkiller, and then trazodone is an antidepressant medication that is used to treat depression, anxiety, and also sometimes sleep disorders. It's a bummer to have to go through a third party to get your antidepressants yeah america there were quite a few articles that talked about peggy's sister and peggy did have three siblings so it didn't say which sister in any of the articles that i was able to find so i did some property records research (laughs) well you will be the pi nice Because one of the articles said that she was a neighbor. Okay. And so I went back and I looked at the sales history for parcels that surrounded this particular address. And I found that the sister was Melissa Mabe, who lived next door. So two days after Peggy's death, Melissa contacted the Spokane County Sheriff's Office. She told investigators that she believed there had been foul play. She reported that the couple were having financial issues and that Pettis had been having an affair Uh. since around November of 2017 with a former high school girlfriend. Okay. (sighs) I didn't say a high school person. (laughs) No, high school girlfriend. Still bad. I used to go to high school. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, and her name is Robin Kaler. She also told investigators that Peggy occasionally took hydrocodone for her back pain, but that Peggy never drank to intoxication. Hmm. Maybe she does now that her husband's having an affair. I know. Pettis evidently made multiple phone calls to the medical examiner's office. One article said that he had made like up to 10 different phone calls. They'll call you. Right? (laughs) One of which he told the medical examiner that on the night of her death, Peggy had mixed pills with alcohol, which is he also told the police that. As detectives were investigating Peggy's death, they could not find any current painkiller prescriptions for Peggy herself. Upon obtaining Peggy's medical records in for the previous few years, she had only been prescribed 13 hydrocodone pills, and there were absolutely no prescription for the trazodone. I will say, I've had a prescription for Norco's before, and mm-hmm. I didn't use all of them because I didn't need them. I just took ibuprofen. And sure. like you can keep those on hand for like if you actually have an emergency or in excruciating pain can't get to the doctor oh yeah not that you should but like i've heard of people doing that yeah you're like not i as i just said i think i have a couple uh muscle relaxers that are just like up in the cupboard yeah i never use you take as needed because those are take as needed so you can keep them as long as they're not expired but yeah the toxicology report showed that peggy had multiple drugs in her system including hydrocodone the trazodone and benadryl but there was no alcohol that's a lot of depressants. Mm-hmm. Yikes. This is going to be just one random tangent. I'm pretty sure that I'm allergic to Benadryl, which is a an allergy medication. <laughs> medication. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> Dr. John Howard, the Spokane County forensic pathologist and medical examiner in 2018, his autopsy results included lethal levels of hydrocodone, approximately 10 times the therapeutic amount. Whoa. And then the... Addition of muscle relaxers, antihistamine, antidepressants, and acetaminophen. It's a lot. It's a lot. So even if she did live, she was going to have like real severe kidney and liver issues. Sure. Oh. In another call, Pettis expressed his frustration about the amount of time it was taking to produce the autopsy report and the death certificate. Pettis. Pettis. Rushing your goddamn roll. It look any better. It's like you've never watched any true crime shows. So he wanted to speed up the process so he could collect her life insurance policy because he needed the money to pay for her funeral expenses. Fair, to be honest. The funeral industry is a complete racket. It is. And it is very expensive. People do go into, like, debt for their family members' funerals, but... Yeah, I mean, the average funeral is around $6,000, and that's not even, like, fancy stuff. So if you figured you bought a fancy casket or... A fancy headstone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is why I like the idea of a Tibetan sky burial, where, like, you just get chopped up into pieces on top of a mountain and get fed to the eagles who just carry you down the food chain again. You're part of the planet. That's why I like the idea of just throwing me in the the dumpster. (laughs) The the Frank, uh... (laughs) Yeah, yes. What's his name? From uh, it's always sunny. It's in always sunny. Frank Reynolds. I yeah. love that quote. Yes, <laughs> it's so when good. I, die, I just throw me out with the trash. I'm like, ah, uh, yep, that's exactly it. And yeah. I live less of a trashy life, but uh, that or I guess you could give my body to a necrophile. It will still be cheaper than having a funeral. No, sell it to a necrophile. I'm dead. And I then don't have care. the proceeds. The proceeds go to a charity or something. Yeah, you can sell it to a necrophile. I'll be dead. Okay. Cool. Let's write this up, though. I need to the mobile, though. I might be worth a lot of money depending on when I die. <laughs> Very true. 
Moving on. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, I don't like funerals. On July 10th of 2018, Pettis was interviewed again. He told detectives that Peggy had been having some medical issues, but had been able to pass a physical for the $150,000 life insurance policy that had been purchased on June 22nd. So just three days prior to her death. God, that's oh, not sketch so at all. hasty. Wow. Also, don't the police have her medical records? They do, yeah. However, Pettis said that he also tried to get a policy for himself, but had been denied due to his personal medical issues. So, is this bad timing or premeditation? It doesn't look great. No. Pettis also informed the detectives that Peggy had trouble swallowing, so when she took medication, she crushed up the pills and mixed it with ice cream. Ice cream. Ice cream. Then she would also have alcohol with the mixture. So I'm not sure if she made a milkshake or alcohol, right? I know. Or if the alcohol was some kind of topper for... Or like Bailey's vanilla ice cream in your meds. Mm -hmm. Oh, that sounds good. Well, there's also, if she was just doing vanilla ice cream, there is a alcoholic root beer. Oh, yeah. That's super tasty. Who knows? And you crush them up and put them in your meds. I have accidentally put it into a couple of my meds. They're very bitter. But if you put them into ice cream, which is super sweet that and creamy, it might mask it. A bit at least. Yeah. My mom used to mix them, like mix up tablet pills or whatever into pudding for me when I was little. Like okay. I couldn't swallow a pill. Now I can swallow pills dry. But like I could, couldn't swallow them. And so she would open up the tablet to let the powder out into a pudding cup and then swirl it in. I wouldn't know what I was having. It's like how you give medicine to dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it works for kids too, by the way. <laughs> when I was younger, I used to pet sit for a friend of our family, and her dog, Kato, had to take a ton of meds. Oh. But he loved yogurt. So you could literally just get a big scoop of yogurt and then put like all of his pills in it. And he was like, heck yeah. Yeah, Whoa. yogurt. <laughs> and just like wouldn't even know, just inhales it. Yep. Yeah. He was so excited about the yogurt. We had a dog that we had to get like special little treats. I get those stuff stuff pills into and he would eat the treat around the pill and then spit out the pill. He like knew what it was for. He's like, no, no, not doing this. (laughs) Yeah. Our dog that passed away last year, Bella, she had a autoimmune blood disorder. Oh, we called her the dollar a day dog, which her medication was probably more than a dollar a day, but she had to take a couple different pills, but she was the same way. She, you could not pill her to save your life because you could try to put it in, we put it in cheese and meats and peanut butter and the little pockets and she would like, nope, <laughs> yep. spit out the pill. <laughs> Anywho's. I've been able with the cats, if they do that, to use like the strength of my like disappointed stare and they go back and eat the pill. Really? Yeah. They're like, okay, so Morris is <laughs> Morris is especially <laughs> so sensitive to me being upset with him. And Wobbles eats everything, so it's not really a problem. Is it that Capricorn stare? I think so. It also works in teaching. Okay. Fair enough. Try on a boyfriend someday. Peggy's medical records did not reference any medical issues for difficulty for swallowing, and there was no physical cause of death found during the surgical part of her autopsy. Pegasus. Pettis. (laughs) Pegasus. 
Pegasus. Pettis also claimed that since Peggy had been having trouble getting around due to the pain, she had given him the green light to pursue a relationship with his old high school flame, Robin. What a dick. Pettis, go sit on a knife. (laughs) (laughs) And he also told detectives that he and Peggy did have plans to sell their farm and move to New York, which is where his gal pal lived. He's going to bring Peggy with him? I guess. I don't know. In the medical records, was it ever confirmed that Peggy actually did have a pain problem? No. But I put my back out almost daily, and it's not in my medical yeah. records. No, yeah, that's true. Say. Me too, actually. We're all bad back people. There's a certain yeah. chair in my entryway that if I lean on it for more than 30 seconds, I immediately, like, seize up. It's, like, at this perfect height that just mm-hmm. curses me every time. Oh, yeah. I'll help my daughter get into the car, and when you, like, pick her up and twist, <laughs> and then it's yeah. like, the <laughs> twist is bad. Hello. Yeah, that's gonna hurt. Or just, I slept wrong, right? Slept it's nothing wrong. fun. It's no. never like, I was skydiving. I've been sitting in my desk chair all day today. <laughs> like, I have been sitting in my desk chair for 12 hours today. Or, you know, when you're sitting in one position with your legs crossed, and you turn your head to sneeze, so you don't get your snot on the computer screen, but the yep. sneeze itself throws out your back. Sneeze yes. can do it? <laughs> oh, getting We're old. old. All right. <laughs> The worst one I had is we were in Indiana visiting family and I bent over the sink to open the the window because we were cooking, you know, all the good yummy Thanksgiving treats. Yum. And the, just the lift, the little lift of the window and being wrong angle. Oh yeah. Mm I was out. Yeah. Oh, it was terrible. I was, they had to get, I had to get a heating pad and, you know, we're supposed to be having fun and And enjoying Thanksgiving. Can you bring me a plate? (laughs) I'm laid up. This is why I'm like contemplating my future career because I'm like a smidge too tall for the bench high in a lab. And so I'm always hunched over Mm -hmm. every time I'm working. They should make like bench ergonomics so that you can adjust the height of the bench to match your height. They have everything else that matches. Honestly, what we should have, I have a chair that should be able to move up and down, but it doesn't. That's also a problem. My work just ordered sit-stand stations, so it's the oh, desk actually oh, raises, nice. yeah, which will be very helpful for me. But I guess a slate bench might be kind of difficult to do that with. It's really heavy. No, honestly, just a chair that I could move the levels, but I only, mm-hmm. but I can only stay at one part of the bench, though, not the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Anywho, we're old corner. <laughs> Whoops! It sneaks up on you, folks. Uh, happy it New Year! It really does sneak up on you. <laughs> we survived another year, you guys. I don't think I yes. thought about my back this much, like five years ago no right? well no five years ago i definitely did maybe i was like i don't remember what i did last tuesday so who knows but <laughs> i think my back was worse five years ago because i was like almost qe season and oh no <laughs> the stress and qualifying the exams studying. yeah you're just hunched over staring at your computer screen or reading papers <laughs> for like hours on end well we're back in that season writing our dissertations and papers so you guys should schedule massages. Actually, I got a massage on my birthday. Except Yay. there's Omicron, and I don't want to go out and, like, have people touch me. <laughs> I've let it happen, but apparently they're understaffed at the massage place as well, and so I can only get in to see the person I like every six weeks at best. Mm. Oh, that's disappointing. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you can find a good place to get a massage that, I don't know, There's a maybe or something. You can try hydrocodone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, you could. There's I, that. I do have muscle relaxers. You just can't take them while you're drinking. No. Well, I'll stick with the alcohol. It's bad. Ice cream optional. Yeah. There you go. In October of 2018, Pettis was arrested and charged with first-degree murder of his wife, Peggy, by allegedly poisoning her ice cream with pain medication. Pettis pled not guilty. What a betrayal. I know. Ice cream as a murder weapon. Right? I know. Yeah, that's so sad. In December of 2018, the Spokane County prosecutor dropped the charges Ah. against Pettis, citing (sighs) lack of evidence, but contended that the investigation was ongoing. It was later stated that the prosecutors were waiting for some additional evidence that had been delayed due to third-party compliance with search warrant requests. Pettis was released from the Spokane County Jail. He packed up and he moved to Oklahoma. Oh, Oh, not New York? (laughs) No. The house on South Beckley Lane was sold in April of 2019. That end. The fuck? What? No. Just kidding. Oh, my God. I was like, like, what happened to Robin? The Spokane County prosecutor refiled the first degree murder charges against Pettis in June of 2019. Pettis did return from Oklahoma to stand trial. And again, he pled not guilty. The trial began on November 30th of 2021. What? What? Right. At the Spokane Superior Court. It wasn't specified, but I'm assuming that COVID played a part in the delay of the trial. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it was November 2019 was pretty close beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. It was like just starting, I think, to show up. Mm Mm-hmm. The courts are probably already scheduled out to March or something. Mm Mm-hmm. And it does not appear that Pettis was held in custody prior to or during the trial, but he did attend every day. Via Zoom. (laughs) (laughs) With with a hidden filter. There's a lot of photographs of him in court and they're all masked up and stuff. Okay. What we know is that Peggy died from a lethal dose of hydrocodone. What we do not know is if Pettis was the one who dosed Peggy's ice cream. The couple's daughter, Elizabeth, testified that her mom had talked to her about taking hydrocodone with Benadryl for pain. Quote, she had told me she was taking it and she had to take it with Benadryl because it made her itch. End quote. Then maybe okay. I'll take hydrocodone. Right? Oh, and I was like, that seems practical. <laughs> no. <laughs> if you're allergic to a medication, you stop taking that medication, you find an alternative because it's only going to get worse. <laughs> Just add more meds on top. It's fine. It could have been anaphylaxis at that point that she died from. Elizabeth also commented that Peggy seemed healthy, but occasionally she could be a little forgetful. She also indicated that she had seen her mom struggle to swallow pills. Okay. How old is she? She's in her 60s. Elizabeth? Oh, no. Elizabeth is younger. Okay. Clearly. (laughs) Like 20s, 30s. Okay. in there. All right. I don't have their birth dates. So I'm just going to throw this out there, but I've had pain meds and even vitamins that were like questionably large and really, really hard to swallow. Fish pills. The fish oil pills are so huge and like you can't puncture them because they smell awful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm there with you. 
Was it possible that Peggy had taken the medication knowingly? Perhaps it was an accidental overdose. Ten times the overdose. Or an on-purpose overdose because she was depressed that her husband was trying to leave her. Right. If that was the case, I no, I'm not going the way out that lets him get what he wants. Fair. <laughs> I'm going to spite that fucker for having an affair on me. Some people do. We're yeah. a spiteful bunch. But yeah. <laughs> I'm going to live a long, happy life, longer than you. (laughs) Yeah, 10 times the the dose for overdose, though, seems unlikely. Like, oh, I took a pill. Hey, I forgot if I took a pill or not. Okay, I'm going to take another pill. 10 times. You're not that forgetful. But her daughter testified that she was slightly forgetful. Slightly. Oh, my gosh. Not that forgetful. Let's talk motive, though. The prosecution brought up two possibilities. So number one is going to be the financial motive. If you remember, Pettis had told the medical examiner's office that he needed Peggy's life insurance money to be able to pay for her funeral arrangements. The couple's financial record showed multiple accounts and loans. Their checking account balance at the time of Peggy's death was a negative $177. An accounting of their records showed a total negative balance of all of their accounts at around $2,000. I'm feeling better about my bank account. (laughs) Right? And it's not uncommon for money trouble to lead to marital problems, depression, and sometimes homicide. I mean, I don't make very much money, but $2,000 doesn't seem like that much. It's not that bad. Like, you can get out of that hole pretty quickly. As long as you just, like, pay the minimum on your credit card or whatever and... You'll do it. $50,000, I'd be a lot more concerned. Sure. And then you can always file for bankruptcy and stuff, too, and, like, figure other, other ways out. But it can be a point of contention in a relationship, right? Sure. So you just don't have money. And so that was kind of one of the theories. The investigators also found evidence of more than one life insurance policy. Ah. The most recent being that $150,000 policy that had been taken out just days before Peggy's death. As it turns out, the couple was paying on five life insurance policies despite their obvious financial troubles. Uh, However, from which account, his or hers? Both. I also Uh. didn't think, like, since it's so recent, I thought that you would get caught if you had... You're not supposed to have that many life insurance accounts. But if they're smaller amounts... okay. Right? I I think there's probably, like, if he had five $1 million policies, that might raise some questions. But, I mean, $150,000 really isn't that much for life insurance, honestly. Yeah, it's pretty... I mean, depending on your income, but... Well, they're mm-hmm. at negative 2,000, so... No, yeah, but yeah. I mean, like, they could be living beyond their means in other ways. Oh, but, like, yeah, sure. I think, yeah, I mean, if given a standard, I don't know, 50K, that would be three years worth of your spouse's life yeah. to carry on and pick up the pieces and then be able to make it on your own. Like, that's... Yeah, it's not a lot. Yeah, that's, like, without the funeral costs and stuff, so... Mm-hmm. Yikes. The life insurance representative testified that Peggy was willing to do whatever was needed to secure that $150,000 policy for herself. Like die? Including going back to the doctor for examination to get a better rate. And the insurance representative testified that Pettis also emailed her that he was working to lose weight and improve his general health so he could get the policy that he was denied previously. Maybe. Or he's just pretending. Right. 
Yeah. So the second motive that the prosecutors brought up was the affair. Yeah. Investigators learned that Pettis had allegedly rekindled this romance with his high school girlfriend, Robin Kaler, while attending a funeral in New York in 2017. The two continued to communicate even after Peggy's death. Prosecutors theorized that Pettis killed Peggy in an attempt to start this new life with Kaler. Jurors were shown messages between Pettis and Kaler from March of 2018 that showed Pettis's love of this woman. It also said that he sent nudes. Ew. Ah. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping the jury didn't have to look at these. I'll take it's your like, word yep, for it. that's a naked old man. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Lawyer, I'll just take your word for it. I don't need Naked to. old man in not good enough shape to pass a life insurance <laughs> policy test. Right. Yeah. The defense argued that Peggy's death was either accidental or suicidal. One of Pettis's attorneys, Kyle Zeller, said in closing arguments that Pettis did not kill his wife. He went on to say, quote, all there is in this case is smoke, end quote. He stated that Pettis did not dose Peggy's ice cream and that the prosecution could not prove beyond a reasonable doubt that Pettis did. He addressed the affair with Kaler as inappropriate, but said that the trial is about murder, not the affair. Yeah. But it goes to, to his character. Mm-hmm. It does. Pettis declined to testify on his own behalf. Jurors were shown a videotape. Excuse me. I gotta drink beer. <laughs> I gotta. Necessity. I gotta. Jurors were shown a videotape of Pettis's interrogations with detectives from 2018, in which Pettis said, quote, I'm telling you, I did not kill my wife. This woman was my life. I have nothing but emptiness without her, end quote. Well, I believed you the first sentence. When you added the second and third sentence, I don't believe you anymore. Right. Because yeah. you're having an affair. Yeah. So jurors were sent to deliberate. So let's take a minute to deliberate ourselves. Do you think David killed his wife? I do. Ten times is too much. You're Nobody's that forgetful. At some point, she can't even walk anymore. Sure. But ten times is enough if you want to die. If you want to commit suicide, ten times the amount of hydrocodone you know will work. If she had been depressed about the affair, if she had been... Because it sounds like she knew about it. Maybe she was actually in a lot of pain. Right? I think David did it, but I don't know if he could be convicted of it. If there's the evidence for that. He right. couldn't get the life insurance policy because he was not in shape enough for it. It's like, oh, I guess, well, I'll, I'll just work on it. I mean, that, no. <laughs> that also seems fake. But she was also a willing participant in getting the life insurance policies, right? So she went in, she got the physical. So it wasn't like she didn't know about these life insurance policies. They were paying the premiums together on their life insurance policies. And if it were me... And I just got a life insurance policy for $150,000 that I wouldn't kill myself because I don't want my cheating ass husband to have it. That's my point. I would spite him. Yes, but not every not every woman fights them and they're older than yeah. us as well. And like, yeah, different I, era, different eras, maybe like it's just mm-hmm. I do think he did it, but I don't think beyond a reasonable doubt like the doubt there are a lot of holes in it mm-hmm. like 80 20 90 10 probably is what i would say here okay fair enough 90 10 he did it 10 suicide okay during my christmas break because we did take two weeks off from recording <laughs> i may have spent my time binge watching a few different procedural dramas 
Oh. Criminal procedural dramas. Oh, yes. So my questions were like, whose fingerprints were on the ice cream container? Oh, I didn't even think of that. Did they do that? Medication. Yeah. The bottle? There was no answers to these questions. Why didn't they do that shit? But even if there was, it's not enough. They live in the house together. Right. But if her fingerprints aren't on it and the newest ones on there were his. Right. Like if it's partials of hers and full ones of his. Because overlap. If there's full ones of his and only mm-hmm. partials of hers. Or he just opened it for her. I don't then know. You should they have to say together. so. He should have to say, like, I, yes, I ground it up for her. I put it in her ice cream for her. In which case, she would not have forgotten and he would have willfully dosed her that much. Right. And if you look at the totality of the fingerprints, let's say. So let's say her fingerprints were the only ones that were on the whatever ground it up. And her fingerprints were the only ones that were on the ice cream container or the bowl. And her fingerprints were the only ones that were on the pain medication bottles, right? You might have a reasonable suspicion that maybe she was the one who had done it. But if you had his fingerprints on all of these things right? Mm-hmm. Then you could look at the totality of the evidence and say it's likely that he was the person. Where did he say he was when he found his wife dead? Asleep on the couch. Oh, he was asleep. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's convenient. <laughs> right? I do feel like though in a lot of those procedurals at the same time, if the people both live in the house and the presence of both of their fingerprints isn't really enough. Sure. It's just, yeah. (sighs) I don't know. I would have liked a little bit more information on the other evidence that they had and I couldn't find, you know, the actual court records. How often do people leave notes when they commit suicide? I don't know. That's a good question. if she has a living daughter that she speaks to regularly, I don't know, frequently or something, but like she maybe would have left a note to her or maybe not if she knew that that would negate the life insurance policy. I bet it probably does. Yeah, because you can't you can't take your own life for that. But <sighs> it says this is, doesn't really make sense. But it says leaving a suicide note is a minority, varying between three and forty two percent of victims. Oh well, I also yeah. have been remembering instead of saying committed suicide, it died by suicide. Oh well. On December thirteenth of twenty twenty one, so just a few weeks ago. This is a fast trial. Yeah. The jury rendered their verdict. <gasps> Guilty. A first oh, Wow. Wow. Look, another reason why I shouldn't be on the juror, because I would have been probably... You're too skeptical, Hannah. ...been like, eh, or I just have a big <laughs> imagination. <laughs> I'm too skeptical, actually, is 100% what it is, but... Pettis is now in custody at the Spokane County Jail, and he is waiting for his sentencing trial, which is set for the week this episode airs on Ooh. Wednesday, January 12th, 2022, oh. at 8.30 a.m. Are we going to need to do a follow-up? Uh, we can in yeah, housekeeping. Like a, yeah, housekeeping. Mm-hmm. What does the daughter think? So she is in full support of her father. She does not believe that he premeditated this murder. He does not believe that he would hurt her mom. And she believes that her mom did this to herself. Even with the affair and everything? She's not pissed Mm -hmm. at that? Wow. All right. I mean, you might not want to, like, is your only living parent? Yeah. And you might, you know. Yeah. Want to think that he could do that because he is your father. Do you want, like, the idea of your parent being a murderer? I think there's a big mind block on that. Like, you would deny that. Go into denial about that. 
I read in one article, one of the sons had made a comment that he just, he had a lot of questions because there was a lot of holes in his dad's story and just in everything. Yeah. So, you know. I agree. And I don't think I would ever be able to like trust my dad again if this was like, if this was, if I was the son at the very least to be like, this has broken up everything. And like, even if Mm -hmm. he actually is innocent, he hasn't provided evidence that he's innocent. Yeah. Either. But it's supposed to be innocent until proven guilty too, though. I know, but that's in the court of law. But Mm -hmm. family, friends, I think there's a, like, we're human beings. If my dad was... You go with your lizard brain sometimes. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like, I feel like if it was my father, I would think of it guilty until proven innocent. Mm -hmm. Because I also think of the worst. But, like, I'm also not sentencing him. It's our interactions for the rest of our lives together. Yeah. You know? And you're not sure. And then you're, like, second-guessing, like, oh, my God, did did he do this? Like, every interaction. Thanksgiving with this person? Yeah. Yeah. It's there's a lot of stress and strain on that family for sure. Yeah. Like you said, probably 90/10 on this one. There's just a lot of other areas that I think if I had the information for, yeah, maybe it would clarify, maybe it would seal up that 10%. I don't know, but just based on the research I was able to do, I'm like there's still a possibility that this dude just has like the worst fucking luck yeah. ever. Right? Yeah. Did the insurance policy pay out? Because it did. So even mm-hmm. though he... It, Maybe it didn't. I don't know. He filed the claim to collect it. So I'm guessing he did because they were able to bury her. Huh. But this reminds me of Sarah's story, too, from two weeks ago. Like, that guy was an absolute asshole. But was he guilty of murdering Ben and mm-hmm. Olivia? Sketchy catch. Sketchy catch. And as I was Sketchy doing catch. the website, yep. I was looking up images... And now I'm less convinced he's the murderer, but because uh, he looks yeah. like a normal dude. Yeah, well, no, and yeah. there's a there's a sketch that guy Wallace they made out. Oh guy, yeah, Wallace's sketch, which is long of hair. The sketchy catch. And there's no of the the mystery guy, and he has long oh, right. hair. Yeah. And then there's a picture of the Scott picture Watson, of him the night of the night of. Not... He's short hair, clean shaven. He is wearing a, a denim shirt, though. The Levi's shirt. Yes. I thought it was a white shirt with jeans. It, it said a Levi's shirt. Oh, a Levi's shirt. So okay. it could have been like a Levi's branded shirt, like a white t-shirt, mm-hmm. or it could have been like a Levi jean. Yeah. Like a jean. So I still don't know on that one either. Like, but. Well, 12 people in Spokane believe that David Pattis was guilty. Unanimous. So, okay. We will follow up after next week and let you know what the jury sentenced him to. Yeah. I did not do astrology for Pettis, but I do have some fun and not so fun astrological tidbits for this week. I did a quick uh, compatibility. And I'm pretty sure you were saying Peggy was February 17th, right? Aquarius. Aquarius. Aquarius Pisces. And Pettis was just February. So he could be mm-hmm. Aquarius or Pisces. Aquarius Pisces is a terrible match. It is awful. I can attest Sarah to that. Sarah can attest to that. Like, <laughs> fucking awful match. Down to the absolute nature of how our brains work does not work. Exactly. Okay. But Aquarius, Aquarius, I'm not sure if this is true for ever. Like Capricorn, Capricorn is the strongest compatibility just because we're so prickly. But 
I'm not sure if this works for every sign if you're compatible with the sign that you are. It doesn't always because I don't think Pisces closest matches Pisces. True. We we need more grounding ability. So we get along pretty well with Earth and also with like I mean other water signs, but I think Scorp- Scorpio and Capricorn and Taurus are listed pretty strongly up there. Okay. Aquarius and Aquarius are hard together, especially in like the emotional realm because they're both Oh yeah. They're very individual. They're so wishy-washy. Well, they're also very individualistic. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And not as, like, outwardly emotional. And so neither one of them really, like, push each other to talk about their feelings. Neither one of them do that to begin with. It's a bunch of hot air. Yeah. But, like, other, they understand a lot of, you know, they see a lot of themselves, I think, in the other person because they kind of understand Mm -hmm. that. But, like, they're missing out. But them both being strong individuals on their own might mean that they are not allowed to be their own strong individual. Yeah. Which could be why Pettis was just, like, I feel like I've never been able to be myself and he went out on her you know whatever yeah. or peggy also was like i've never been myself i was just a wife and a mother this whole time yeah yeah so hmm. but anyway pisces and aquarius are even worse together emotionally so <laughs> <laughs> so not good not good no do don't do it they're not great together they're just like an aquarius is just like i'm saying a lot more individualistic they like to be original they can be alone with their thoughts and ideas really well and a pisces likes to share it with people communication is incredibly important because you have a lot of thoughts and ideas too but you want to talk about them Mm -hmm. that's that awesome so aquarius pisces aquarius aquarius no no Aquarius, Aquarius, you might be able to do it if you both let each other be the individuals that you are. Okay. And there are definitely relationships <laughs> where people are more comfortable not being. Oh, yeah. A it's big not always because it depends on your moon and your ascendant too, right? So. Oh, 100%. This is just sun and sun. So this is like yeah. nothing. But like not everyone wants to be an amalgamation of each other. Like, yeah, there are definitely sure. relationships that work really well when they're both independent people. And I hear your choo-choo train. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what is that? It sounds kind of musical. Well, that's that's my choo-choo train. I, I didn't hear it <laughs> until you said it. <laughs> now all I can hear. You're so accustomed to it. I know. I don't ever hear it. When I grew up in Fresno, too, I lived there for like 17 years. We lived about this close to a train track as well. So I've been blocking it out for my entire life. <laughs> well, like I said, I have some astrological tidbits for the week of January 10th. On Monday, January 10th, when this episode airs, the sun in Capricorn will be sextile, which is that 60 Ooh. degree aspect. Sexy sextile. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> With Neptune in Pisces. So trust your gut when it comes to business or your career. This aspect provides an almost psychic awareness that aids us in making good choices. So Monday is going to be a good day. Get some of that Pisces intuition. Well, I was just going to say, since Sarah and I have been friends for a while, I've looked up our compatibility. Capricorn Pisces. It's good. Oh, yeah. The Pisces <laughs> helps the more reserved Capricorn kind of access their emotions. And the ca- the earthiness of the Capricorn brings the Pisces a little bit back down to earth a little bit. Stop being up in the clouds all the time. You Got can it. be sometimes, <laughs> but you need to do some, like, work on earth as well. Mm-hmm. Space cadet. <laughs> Get back to Space cadet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. On Tuesday, January 11th, it's not going to be a good day. Oh. That's my first day of teaching. Oh, shit, mine too. (laughs) 
Mars in Sagittarius is going to be square with Neptune in Pisces. No! And this is going to be a very bad, bad day for manipulation and gossip. It's going to ruin the confidence of even the bravest of our zodiac signs. I gotta be a teacher. Don't engage in the drama, folks. Just let it go. Your plan of attack needs to just be standard. Mm-hmm. I do like to at least watch the drama, but I'll take a step. <laughs> I'll take a step back. I just like to stand in front of the class, like when we're going around the introductions, and just kind of like, uh huh, mm-hmm. uh huh. And then if like they say anything snarky, just do like the slow eyebrow raise, like. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, you've got the eyebrows. No, my mom yourself. has the eyebrows, and I have the. <laughs> cat eat your fucking pill face which works on students so i think we'll both be fine i've never intimidated a cat into eating something that's insane that's capricorn power that's a superpower yeah and a little bit of like a snap snap and a mm, mm. i do that a lot and he's just like i know fine. okay mom and then on friday january 14th mercury Ooh. is going retrograde in aquarius yay The planet of communication goes retrograde in the most unpredictable of our zodiac signs. Oh, yeah. And so the next two weeks is going to bring some confusion and some doubt as we will question everyone and everything. It's going to be a fun time. There's something special about this retrograde, too, actually. Mm-hmm. So it's it's actually on January 25th, retreating back into Capricorn as well. So we've, we've got some Aquarius-Capricorn transition happening. And there's some special effects happening with that. It's part of the uh, the way that Capricorns like to be deliberate with their actions and and how they express themselves tends to be a little bit more cut and dry. It's It might be kind of a good thing to reconsider plans and like look, take a sharper look at everything that you're going to be evaluating for the beginning of this new year during this retrograde on the, the back end of that after January 25th. Awesome. I'd also say Aquarius can be one of the least communicative signs if they feel like it. So they're not that tied to mercury as much yeah but they don't feel like they don't always feel like communicating outward like but it could be a good time to look inward mm-hmm. and then mercury in retrograde and capricorn i would just be like bluntness probably won't be appreciated <laughs> it won't be appreciated because mercury retrogrades are always like people miscommunication yeah, central they're gonna misread it the more cut and dry that you can be with everything, right? The less yes. there is wishy-washy in your language and Capricorn really helps with that. So I feel like yeah. maybe this is going to be a good time to like take a sharper look at how what you're saying to your peers, colleagues, etc. will help with your situation. I do agree that with that. Be. I was just, don't follow fully to the Capricorn to just be no. like, no, that's stupid. <laughs> I'm going to go do that and to walk away or something. like. <laughs> don't hurt people's feelings, but don't tiptoe around it either. Yes. <laughs> no, you're dumb. <laughs> Knock it you're off. like, no, this is stupid. And then walk away, which is that uh, I have, definitely have urges. <laughs> sure. I'll be nice. On a little side note, I got socks from my favorite coworker Aww. for Christmas that say, my cat thinks you're dumb. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so good. Oh, God. All cats do. So. Uh... Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, my cat thinks the world of me and pretty much everybody else that walks through the door. Actually, he's very friendly. <laughs> he's like, oh, my God. Are you here to see me? Can you give me pets? What's happening? Yeah. Like Wobbles likes to like be around you, but he is judging you the whole time. (laughs) Which is also what it is like hanging out with me. 
And Morris isn't as personable in his old age, so. No? Uh, With you, maybe. But, like, he goes to sleeps in my bed most of the time when I have people over. Oh. At least he's not hiding. <laughs> Although he's, like, too. so jealous when Andrew stays over. He's like, get out of here. Because You're he, in my space. <laughs> he doesn't even sleep on that side of the bed. He sleeps spooned with me. And he, like, gets, oh. he gets up at, like, four in the morning and just is wide awake and walks all over us and won't sit down and like we're just like just just lay down just lay down oh my god because otter doesn't usually i mean he'll sometimes wake me up but like now that kirk's moved in and has been living here for a while like we get he wakes me up at like 5 30 every day because morris almost never does that with me a lot of times he like falls asleep with me and then goes to sleep somewhere else and then mm-hmm. i see him in the morning with treats they switch off like wobbles comes in in the middle of the night like they do a little switcheroo but when yeah when andrew's here at like 4 a.m. more just like prance, 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 prance. I won't sit down. <laughs> and he has the roughest tongue. So he's licking any part of exposed skin that we have oh, out. Yeah. And I'm just like. So he grooms you too. Oh. Could they be like, this is our one-on-one time. Is this a good time, mom, to tell you, <laughs> to remind you that I am the man in your life? Because they're both boys. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and Morse is the one that picks the fights with Wobbles, who's also a boy. So. Yeah. Wobbles is... He's got some things to say. Wobbles really likes Andrew, which I think is a big step for Wobbles. Yeah, Ooh. that he's not, like, biting calves anymore. He, like, goes and sits <laughs> in his lap Aww, when we watch TV. sweet. I mean, he still oh, bites after a little bit, but he bites me after a little bit, too, like, from pets and whatnot. Why are you... T- no, too much affection. Stop. Yeah. He is uh, very Capricorn. He is... <laughs> He's a Capricorn. Morris, I don't know what Morris is right now. Morris is probably an Aquarius. That makes a lot of sense. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think uh, Otter is a Taurus. Otter is a Scorpio. No. No. Because he just had his No, he's, he's November 24th. I think he's a Sagittarius. November 24th? I can 24th? see Sagittarius. He's a Sagittarius. Yep. He's adventurous. Oh, yeah. To the backyard. That's it. You open the front door and he sits on the mat like, um, what's out there? <laughs> But he's been trying to get in the garage. Yeah. He, oh, yeah. He, he wants to open garage. doors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. He's a sack. Okay. And he likes to go on walks with you. That's true. He likes true. to travel. He loves, yeah. Yeah, like, he likes riding in the car. He's, he's a little adventure yeah. boy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Very social kitty. <laughs> what sign do you think your cats are, listeners? <laughs> <laughs> and tell us why. What are the characteristics? <laughs> We need to know. <laughs> also, send us more pet pictures for Murder Mittens. Yeah, we need more pet pictures for Murder Mittens. Like we mentioned earlier, we would like to know, what did we le- want to know about cats? We'll take your favorite ice cream. We'd also want to know your cat's sign and why you think he's that sign. Or she. Yes. Cats can be both sexes. <laughs> I forget yes, sometimes. Yes, they can. I actually had a coworker for a very small period of time, and she had a hermaphrodite cat. Oh, neat. Mm-hmm. Huh. I can't remember what his or her name, his and her name was. I can't or remember. what their pronouns were. <laughs> they. It was probably they. Anywho, we would love to hear from you about pretty much fucking anything. So just <laughs> reach out. We're on Twitter at True Trine, on Instagram at True Crime Trine. We're on Facebook, TCT Podcast. You can email us directly. We would love that. TrueCrimeTrine at gmail.com. So much better than the advertisements about audio editing. That we can't afford. <laughs> that Yeah, we seriously cannot afford that. And then check out our website, www.TrueCrimeTrine.com. Bye.
No quotes? No, I forgot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Bye. 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 Music for our podcast was handcrafted by the talented and creative minds of Mike Warren and Pete Ortega. Our artwork was imagined and skillfully designed by the lovely Sarah Guest. As for production, well, they call me post-production. Show notes are available upon request. Just email truecrimetrine at gmail.com. Join us again next week for another tantalizing episode.